Come with me and you'll be in a world of cinematic adventures. Hello and welcome back to Cinematic Adventures. I'm Jackie and this is Douglas as seen on TV from the end of the night show. Hail Satan. Oh dear. I'm just okay. filling up space. I was I could keep going. You know what I'm going to do every time I introduce you from now on? What's I'm going to have Taika Waititi say, hello, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like it. I like Taika. <laughs> if you Very say anything fan. like too goofy, I'm going to throw him going to throw in something like if you say something that's going to get you canceled. I'm just going to throw in the like, Doug's dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. This, I come with a soundboard. That's you good. Do. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I love Taika Waititi, and it's perfect. And I love not getting canceled. <laughs> oh, today we are talking about Knives Out. Directed by Ryan Johnson. Oh, why did you do that? Uh, okay, so let's get this out of the way. Oh, boy. I already know where this is going. You don't get, I've listened to your show. So <laughs> by all means. You know nothing. I all do. Right, so. I'm rolling out the carpet for you. Here we go. Who begin. brought this movie up, right? Yes. Okay. How, how do you feel? How does this movie make you feel, Doug? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. But I'm also a big fan of Agatha Christie mysteries and those kind of things. I enjoyed it very much. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Are you a fan of Ryan Johnson's? Oh, uh, you know my mother does this. <laughs> right before I'm in trouble. Yeah, no, no, right before I'm in trouble or anything. It's like, or are, are you, you going to need sure? therapy? <laughs> Did you see? Do you know where the rocks came from? Did you know the boy whose window was broken? <laughs> Starts putting the pieces together. Uh-huh. Kind of like then, a detective. Like right. Benoit. Huh? Right. Exactly. Full circle. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, you want to even go? I'll make I'll make a figure eight right now. Oh, Anna go. de Armas was in um the movie we talked about in the last episode together in Blade Runner 2049. Oh yes. You know what? The whole time I was re-watching this movie, I kept looking at her face like, why does she look so familiar? Because it was in the last movie that I watched right before I talked to you. Right. See? Yeah. See what we go. did there? I actually did not make that connection. I just knew her face looked familiar. I just did because I was pulling up for my notes. I like pulled up her IMDb page and I was like, it's joy. Sure. That's why you were looking at pictures of her. Such a dark. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, so. Yes. I yes, I did enjoy the movie. You're back to your point. Yeah, I, I did enjoy the movie, but you wanted to go back to Ryan Johnson because mm. you want to say some terrible things about Ryan Johnson because of what? this chip on your shoulder. Well, okay, first of all, first of all, <laughs> why are you projecting? <laughs> I'm not projecting. I, I, I thought there were parts of Last Jedi that were very interesting. I thought there were parts of it that were bad and prequelish, but I thought there were parts of it that he took really big risks and should have ran with those even further. And that was our obligatory Star Wars reference. That's right. Another That's one will favorite. come. I am almost positive. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I can nearly guarantee. Yes, um, I listen to the show. I know how it goes. <laughs> like literally every single episode, Star yep. Wars and the MCU was brought up. That's right. Got it in four minutes into the show. There you go. Um, okay, so here's my thing. I'm not a Ryan Johnson fan. Even if I hadn't seen The Last Jedi, if you were like, what do you think about Ryan Johnson as a director? I'd been like, who the fuck is that? And then you say, oh, he's the guy who directed Looper and Brick. And I'd have been like, oh, yeah, he's not that good. Yeah, I never saw, I've never seen any, either of those films. So oh. I, I, I've seen the three episodes he did. I think it's three episodes for break, you know, uh, on Breaking Bad. Those mm-hmm. were very good. Um, the Fly, I think he did. So um, that one's the one I can name. Anyway, I think he might have he, he might have done the second to last one, but yeah, he he those were all very good. But I mean, I don't know. I just thought this was a really good, especially because Star Wars the franchise just sort of like was going downhill, and the fans are getting angrier and angry at her. And he's just like, hey, I'm that guy you were really mad at last year, but check out this, boom, and then Knives Out. And I thought Knives Out was great. In terms of like these like sort of ensemble mysteries and things like that, I think you did a great job. I don't know what your problem is. What? Okay. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> see, you keep speaking of knives out. I feel like no. I just got stabbed. Like that was no. wrong. No. I was Anywho. poking. That was a poke. With, with my a pinky finger. With a knife. Anywho. <laughs> no. Okay. So I guess we can't really have a Brian Johnson conversation then because we've seen different things. You've seen just as break, the Breaking Bad episodes that he directed. Right. I've seen the movies that he did before this. And when I saw Knives Out, it reminded me of Looper and Brick, which we can't really talk about because you haven't seen. However, Maybe we can. I'll be the audience. Go ahead. But no. <laughs> so, well, the Knives Out to me suffered from the same thing where visually they're great. They yes. are like the mise en scene is excellent. Everything is there for a reason. Everything means something. Everything is like, you know, the, the colors, the like the color palette, everything visually is on point. He has that down. Even The Last Jedi. Okay. Yes. All of it looks gorgeous and everything that's in the scene is there for a reason. So he's got that down. Like, as a director himself, yes, he's good. My problem with him actually isn't even as a director. It's as a writer, because he also writes the movies that he directs. Right, right. That's where I don't like him. You know you know what? I'm actually, I'm at, you, you kind of sold me a little bit, because it reminds me of what I, I think of Ridley Scott, right? Like, I don't think Ridley mm-hmm. Scott's a good director. I think he's, you know, like a fantastic cinematographer he could set up a shot really really well like when you watch like i think i might have mentioned this before when you watch the like the making of the original blade runner documentary mm-hmm. you find out that the actors are like 90 percent more responsible for the iconic things in that film than that yeah director you said is. that in, yeah, yeah. in the blade runner episode yeah so like i feel the same way about ridley scott like visually he's very very interesting um i don't know that he knows how to direct people you know and um where I, I don't necessarily think that's true about Ryan Johnson. Like Ryan Johnson, I think the characters were wonderful. I I think his problem is tone. If that makes sense. Um, it tonally as a director or as a writer, because like I said, like for me, as a director, he's fine because I do think that he he directs actors well. I think he's shit at writing. 
Hmm. That's interesting. I think that's interesting because I think they're very clever things in the writing of, of Knives Out. But give me, give me an example about Knives Out that would. That and Knives make- Out. Okay. So how about this? Let's start talking about Knives Out. And then when we get to the parts that bugged me, I will definitely let you know. Okay. All <laughs> so- right. So, all right. Well, then I'll, I'll start by talking about the things that I liked and then you can start stabbing. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. Make me the bad guy. Sure. Let's play good cop, bad cop. I call good cop. <laughs> literally what you just did. <laughs> Go for it. So, yeah. So, um, the, uh, what I, what I really, really enjoyed besides the cast, I mean, the cast was amazing. Right. Can we agree on that? Yeah. No, the cast was great. Right. Um, it and, was, a, it was stellar, like just in who was there. Cause you had like Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson and, and Anna de Armas. And you, you were going to mention her about 15 more times. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was actually really good considering she was the unknown of the whole cast. Right. She was the heart of the film. Yeah. And, it, and convincingly so, too. Like, it wasn't forced. She was definitely, right. yeah. She definitely embodied that. Yeah. So that's, she did a really good job. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think he's really good at directing people. Yeah. And, like, and placement. I, Chris Evans was hilarious in it but i think that like the runaway performance for me is and i know you think i'm gonna say anna de armas it's michael shannon i oh, thought, thought you're gonna say christopher Plummer. <laughs> no he had a great no he had a good performance too but like michael shannon is almost he blends in so perfectly and he what he played perfectly in this movie was the suspect like they all because they're all shitty people you know, like, again, I guess we're, should we say spoilers? Do we have to? No, we don't have to on this show, right? No, no, this show okay. is spoilers. Oh, okay. So they're all shitty people. They're all really terrible people, except for Anna de Armas. But my, uh, Michael Shannon plays that part really well. Like, he plays the guy you want to suspect. And he's kind of, sort of like the, the leechy son that never got his own thing together. So and he just I sells his dad's book. That's because it's Michael Shannon he like Willem Dafoe is like a perfect villain. Yeah, yeah. When they're a, not, that's villains, a great analogy. Kind of even looks like, like Willem Dafoe a little bit. Yeah, like when they're yeah. not the villain, you still kind of feel like so you feel like something's off. Like, why isn't he eating babies? Like, something's wrong because right, right. he's supposed to be the villain in our minds, you know? So I yeah, think that no, was you're right. Why he was cast because it was like it was intentionally to like to make you root against him. Yes, but also one of the most important characters in the film is the house itself. I've mm-hmm. seen the movie now four times. Wow. Every time you watch it, you see something new and more beautiful about that house where it takes place. And it is, yeah, like even what books are on the shelves are interesting. The, the, you know, the, and also the, what's a, Harlan's room. Christopher Plummer's character, mm-hmm. his little den, his little secret room, the shape mm-hmm. of the doorway and the, the sort of vestibule that goes, you have to go through to get to his room. Mm-hmm. All of that is gorgeous. And because he's supposed to be a mystery writer, right? But he's an eccentric. So, of course, his house looks like all of his books combined, right? Yeah. Like right even down to the rack of knives, you know, I guess like stage knives in the, in I guess the atrium of the house, right? So like, the house itself is so interesting that you can you can get lost in just that. Yeah, but I put myself like 
in the position of the characters. And to me, that's a creepy ass house. Like that is the house of an old man. Oh, see, I don't agree with that. Imagination has gone too far. You know, like oh no, that's the house in which I want to live. Exactly. That's almost exactly what I just said. <laughs> like I to me, like I'm I look at it as if I'm like a little girl going to my grandfather's house, like, why is grandpa so creepy? <laughs> That's right. how I look at that house. And of course, you're like, I want to die in that house. Right. Exactly. <laughs> After I have guests. Exactly. <laughs> but I think the house is I think the house is the cat is almost the main character of the story once, you know, Harlan is gone. Um it mm-hmm. because it, it's the one cohesive thing that keeps Harlan in the film. You know what I mean? Like his, yeah. his, his presence is always in the film because of that house. So you kind of always know there's going to be a clever ending, no matter how clumsy some of Ryan Johnson's foreshadowing is going to be. Oh and you God. know that Marta's her little, uh, what do you would call that? What would you call that? A little that where she, she pukes. Oh, her can't um, lie disorder. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be the zing at the end. And then, but the way, I mean, he, he shows it to you and then you forget. And he, he, I think really pulled that off at the end where off that you knew was coming four minutes into the movie was palmed and then, you know, brought out right at the right moment. I thought that was really good. See, now we're getting into the whole, this is why the writing's not that great. Because you got so into the house that you forgot, but I did not. And thus, mm-hmm. it was horribly predictable to me. And it's a whodunit. So you're supposed to be like, ooh, who did it? Was it this? Was it that? Was it a suicide? Da, 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 right? You're supposed mm-hmm. to be thinking that the whole time. And by the time... Honestly, what gave it away were the dogs. The dogs gave it away from the moment Chris Evans, the moment Ransom actually shows up and the dogs bark. I'm like, oh, he did it. (laughs) And then it was just like another hour and a half of watching. And then, of course, like as soon as she gets the money and he laughs and then he's like, oh, I'll take you. You're like, okay, I'm 100% positive that he did it. Right. And then later on, you know, other things like other misdirection things happen, but it's not misdirection enough to make you think maybe he didn't do it. You're just like, I wonder how this ties into him doing it. You know, <laughs> like it wasn't to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know what? I, I don't know. You might be smarter than me and more perceptive than me in this regard because I was on board and I was just kind of like, okay, well, maybe it's him. The dogs don't like him. But, you know, that's too simple. It's got to be more complicated than that. And then, no, it wasn't. It was that. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, nope, I didn't know. Nope, it was that. <laughs> I'll tell you something interesting, though. Um, I saw Ryan Johnson give the, um, I don't know, it was like some YouTube thing where he's talking about like how he framed the shots in that film because everything's in threes. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, let, he let it be known that, you know, Apple, the company, will not let any of their products be used in films by villains. Mm-hmm. And he says it's like a handicap to any director. Like if you if you see if there's a mystery going on and someone has an iPhone, they're not they're not the murderer. 
because Apple won't let their products be held by villains in films. Huh. I didn't know Isn't that. Interesting. Yeah. And like a lot of people were mad at him for, you know, for revealing that, but he's, but he's just like, yeah, no, it's the way it is. And he goes, it sucks, but that's, you know, it's in the contract. You can't let your villains hold an Apple product. So yeah, just fun fact. The more, you know, yeah, <laughs> that'll help um, you solve future mysteries. No, because I'll probably forget it. Like by the time we finish recording this, but it, in terms of his writing, I thought the the Hugh line. Do you know? Do you remember what I'm talking about? The Hugh Where, line. Okay, so about how you kind of knew from the beginning who the murderer was, right? Mm-hmm. When the sister is it the sister who dies? Of he doesn't the, have she gets, a sister. No, or the housekeeper. It's the woman who dies toward the end in the sort of abandoned laundromat. Oh, her. Yeah, okay. Okay. And she says, you, but she's saying you. That's the sort of thing at the end where you're like, uh-huh. oh, she, she just said his name right in your face and you didn't catch it because you thought she said you. Uh-huh. Like that was the sort of, that was like the extent of misdirect, like where you're like, oh, wait, I wonder who she's talking about. Even though she says the character's name, she says Chris Evans' name, which is right. like Hugh, right? So, yeah, because he says Ransom is my middle name. Yeah, because right. his He's name Hugh is technically Ransom. Hugh. Yeah. Right. And so, but it was funny about that was I watched it in closed caption the second or third time I watched it, and they don't give that away. They just leave huh. it blank. Yeah, they didn't even say you or try to lie. They just, they just leave don't that blank. Say anything. Just right. Like, yep, yeah. We're not telling you. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I'm filled um, with all the nerd facts. No, that wasn't what gave it away to me. Um, like I said, it, what gave it away was uh, they kind of made the very first frame of the movie is dogs running towards the screen, but they're not barking. And then as you see everybody interact with the dogs, they're, you know, they're big dogs, but they're friendly to literally everybody, even strangers. And, you know, when the, when the police come up, the dogs come up to them and sniff them and they see that the family's okay and they're fine. But then as soon as Ransom comes in, the dogs are barking, barking, barking. So I'm like, oh, he did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, yeah. No, that was yeah, what made good. me. No, that, yeah, that's good. Because I would have been like, oh, he, you know, it's going to be a thing where he stepped in your pee or something and they were mad at him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always like, I always wait for like all the pieces to sort of show themselves oh. before I even, even start trying to piece it together. But then again, oh, no, I mean, I figured I'm also it lost was in the house. I'm also like, I want to, I want to see all the pieces and also the curtains. You know, you would, be, you would like fall for any magician's trick because you immediately go for the misdirect. <laughs> you were like, you're like, that was amazing. One thousand percent gullible. Saw his feet move. And yes. You're like, nope, never saw it. <laughs> right. If I had twenty dollars in Times Square, I'd get taken by a three car Monty player. <laughs> Easy. You know, I'm actually really good at that. I. Almost really? every time, know where it actually is. Yeah, I God. don't get that's that that explains a lot actually. The yeah. fact that like I don't get taken on three card Monty, and you're like, yeah, I'd lose every time. <laughs> like, right, every, when every we're single watching time. Watching a mystery, I'm like, it was him. The butler did it in the thing, you know. <laughs> right. And you're like, the house was amazing, and I'm like, there was a house. Like I just know that he did it. <laughs> you're like it's Tim Curry in the library with a candlestick. Exactly, exactly. Right. And then um, I remember when they were like. The first time they were telling the situation, I that was again when I saw it in the theater. I was like, 
wait a minute. They, cause you know, before they were telling the story, they were like, you know, and then, you know, um, as they were going through like the three, the two detectives and the, well, the two cops and the detective were going through the story and they were telling everybody's account. And when they went by the time they were like, she woke up because of this, you know, she woke up because of that. And then she heard the dogs barking. And remember, I'm already keen to the dogs barking because that's the first thing I saw in the frame. The very first thing that you see in a frame in a mystery usually has something to do with the end. First thing we see. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the second time I watched it, I was like, see, I solved it this time. (laughs) After knowing. Right. After knowing everything. Right. So I'm I'm Nostra dumbass. (laughs) I'm going to call you that for now. Um, (laughs) So. um, So when they, you know, when they were going through the story of, you know, of the night, the first time they were going through telling the night. And they mentioned right. the dogs barking and I'm like, oh, he was definitely murdered because the dogs don't, and it was somebody. And again, that's why I thought Ransom came back because remember, the dogs don't bark on anybody, not even the detectives. The only time we've heard the dogs bark is with Ransom because they don't like it. There was, but there was a misdirect there because they did show you three quarters of the way in when they're giving you the flashback of like the night he died. Mm-hmm. And you hear him give, you know, um, Marta the instructions to go, you know, to go out, you know, to leave, let the little alt white alt right kids see you leave or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and you know, announce that it's midnight and then come around and double back through the things. That was sort of a misdirect, you know, because you're like, oh no, it was her who came back and then her who had to leave the same way again. That wasn't okay. So the reason why that was that an attempted misdirect. misdirect. Yeah, the reason why that didn't work with me is because every single time she sees the dogs, the dogs run up to her and sniff her. They never, they like went up to her and lick her. They love her. Just like everybody else is saying, oh, everybody loves her. She's part of the family, just like the dogs. The dogs Did love you hate her Scooby Doo as a kid, kid too? No, I know who it is. Mm-mm. I'm just saying, that's why I was like, it was Ransom, because he's the only one the dogs barked at. Right. So when they were giving that retelling, and she was telling her version, because remember, first the first time we heard the, the version of the events that happened, we didn't know she left, but the detective said that um, that the dogs barked, that somebody woke up because the dogs barked. And I was like, oh, Ransom came back because the dogs barked. That's immediately what I thought. And I was like, well, if Ransom came back in the middle of the night, he killed him. That's See, I think, why. I, I think you're, you're, you are where I was when I watched True Detective season one, right? Because I was so in the mystery. Uh-huh. And but I, th- but, you know, stupid me, I thought I had it solved, right? But you know, but it turned out to be something completely unrelated to any of the evidence you saw, which is even more frustrating, right? So, I um, but seen my, True Detective. Oh, it was it was the first season was wonderful, but okay. Oh no, the third season was great too, but like the the second season, not so much. But the what my point is is that when I watched it, I was so in the mystery that you know when they showed it to me, I was so angry that either i figured it out or it was right there or it just didn't pay off the way i thought it would because uh-huh. it was so predictable and it, you know like now we're sort of in a role reversal where like rob might be like yeah but wasn't that journey fun and i was just like no it wasn't because i solved it <laughs> you know what i mean like i feel like i've had yeah. this argument but i've been on the other but side you're on the other side yeah you know what i have to admit right. i have right. had i that totally feel before. you i tell you like yeah i knew <laughs> I've had What's, that happen oh, really? before um, with Westworld season one. 
because really? yeah because in season one of westworld everybody was speculating on who the man in black was because we figured out that there were time jumps right the and everybody was like oh the man in black is going to be um you know it's going to be um edward uh what's his name ed harris and i was like no no no, no that's too easy <laughs> I was like, it can't be Ed Harris <laughs> right. because that would right. be amazingly lame writing. No, it's got to be Logan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, it has to be Logan because if it's Ed Harris, that's like so in your face. Like it can't be him. And then it was. And I was like, God damn it. That was I would say that the last season really <laughs> proved that your, your theory on it being really bad writing really I mean, we really blossomed like a big flower. Actually, it was a garden. It was the botanical garden. It's <laughs> bad writing. Season three? Uh, yes, absolutely. I liked season three better than season one, I have to admit. Because I mean, we can three, have this argument was... in the middle of a Knives Out discussion. I will, I mean, I'm willing to do that. True. To, it, it would be true to like my whole everything as a podcaster do i ever stay on topic as long as we come back around and okay <laughs> right um yeah so to me season three was better be, you know why probably because we'd switched roles and i was just enjoying it at that point because i was so let down by season one i didn't want to watch season two and everybody was like oh you gotta watch it so i watched season two but um by the time i saw season two i think season three had already come out so mm. and i didn't have hbo at the time so it was just like you get it when you can so like i missed season two and then by the time i saw season two season three was out at the same time so i just went season two season three like right out you know one right after the other i thought season three was so bad like it might as well have been a musical <laughs> oh wow yeah, like especially when you get to the end, and it's like the AI thing is the thing you, you got to shut down. I'm like, really? Was it the fucking whiz? Like, I was like, yeah, because like it starts to build up in that in that one character, the um, the sort of uh, the man behind the scenes to everything. I don't, I barely remember it, but the Ciroc? Yes, yes, yeah. and then you get to like the AI thing, and I was like, no, boy. Oh, so you didn't like the fact that Ciroc wasn't the actual one in charge it was ai yeah i was like no man but That's i mean a, i feel like they were kind of leading us that down that road the whole time which is why ai was leading caleb yes i i understand where it was, it was going like and i understand yeah, yeah i understand what it was because it it is watch this road you ready for this trick speaking of magic because it reminded me of the book blade runner was based on um what is it? Do, uh, the electric sheep one? Do androids dream and of do electric androids sheep? sheep. Actually, okay. not. Yes. Blade Runner and, and Blade Runner 2049, which stores Anna de Armas, which brings us back to Knives Out. Ah! <laughs> there we go. That's right. Look at that. Hopscotching without a song. Boop. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So for me, the, the main thing I didn't like about the writing was the fact that it was so like i feel like ryan johnson's writing tries so hard to be intellectual but it misses it like it tries so hard to be intellectual? like i'm yeah like i'm clever maybe i mean but intellectual i don't know i like i don't i don't remember any like awful monologues or you know what i mean it, so I don't know. To me, it's it's kind of interspersed throughout. It's not 
Like I can't point. It's not the the writing is. Are you saying like, it's pretentious? Are you saying like the writing itself is pretentious? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't say. I'm not okay. saying that the that the dialogue itself. I'm talking about like how he writes. I can almost see him thinking like, oh, I'm such a genius. I'm going to put these this in there and then this is going to happen and nobody's going to see it coming. And it's like, everybody saw it coming. <laughs> that's what oh, I yeah, mean. that's weird. I don't I don't get that. And I'm the first person to be like, yeah, it's really pretentious. But like, yeah, um, yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that. Well, then again, again, you saw more of his films than I did. I did. My only experience with his films are. I was just about to say, like, Shut I felt the same one. thing in Looper and Brick. <laughs> it's the oh, same. okay. It's because that's just. Like so I know the premise people, of Looper, and you're probably right. Yeah. Because um, what I feel like is, I feel like he's trying to be on the level of like Scorsese or Kubrick with like that, I'm going to take you on a journey, and then in the end, you're going to find out it's something different than you thought it was. Except he's got so much foreshadowing that it's not, it's it's not a, a shock at all. It's you think like, it's yeah, a little heavy-handed with the foreshadowing? I That's what I'm saying. That. Yeah, but I, I, I think that he does it. I think that like I feel like when he's writing it, he feels like it's brilliant. And then, like, when yeah, I mean, it, I like, don't know. I in this in this movie because of the tone of, mm-hmm. and we're only speaking about uh, Knives Out. In the tone of Knives Out, I felt like that worked because the tone is very light. You know what I mean? It's not a heavy. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know what Looper, the tone of that one is. I can only imagine because it has, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. It could be pretty intense. I don't know. But this was pretty light, more on par. Looper and Brick are not light at all. Okay. Well, Knives Out is more on par with, like, a Wes Anderson film almost. You know, like, in terms of... Yeah. Yeah, I also didn't think it was... Not as interesting, but, you know. What's that? I also didn't think it was as funny as you thought it was. Like, I didn't... I, it's definitely more lighthearted, but I didn't think it, I wouldn't call it a comedy. Like, I didn't think it was funny. No, I don't think it was a comedy. I thought okay. it was just fun. Yeah, I, I thought it had funny parts, but I, I don't know that it was a comedy. Like, I, okay. don't, I don't think every joke landed, but I don't think it was supposed to be a comedy either, though. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah to I mean, me, I, it was I, like, there was like situational, a couple of spots where like, okay but not enough to actually get me to like chuckle it was just like i can see that it's humorous but um it's not funny enough for me to laugh you know what i mean are you sure you weren't just in a bad mood when you saw it maybe i'm just because that happens to me too that happens to me a lot where i think (laughs) i hate something and i'll be like no that wasn't the movie it was me um it could just be that i can't stand ryan johnson as a writer and so like being irritated (laughs) right Right. Also, because the Knives Out, like his other movies, Brick, Looper, The Last Jedi, critics have a hard on for this guy. And people come out of it like, oh my God, it was brilliant. It was this, it was that. And there's so much adulation. And then when you watch it, you're like, did I see the same movie that I just I did not see? Yeah. And what they were yeah, talking see, it was, about. It was, it was interesting when you're talking about The Last Jedi, right? And we'll come back. But like, I don't know if you already if you have already covered Last Jedi in your show, but there were so many great moments that, like the really crappy moments, made me hate the good moments for being good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, man, like okay, get to a couple of those. Luke on the island, I thought was dope. I was just like, yeah, no, because you don't, you know, like you don't want him on that hero 
trajectory, right? You want him to be just a total bastard when he gets old. I mean, right? Because you want him to be conflicted. Like, you know, what's up? Do we, though? Oh, yeah, well, it was. I thought it was an interesting choice. I thought it was just like him, like, just leave me alone. Like, because he also played, there were nodes of Yoda in him, certainly Ben, right? So, like, he had to have those traits, but he had all of Yoda's annoying traits, which I thought was interesting, like him throwing the lightsaber. Like, he was just shy of taking her food and just being weird. You know what I mean? Because he was like a, like a recluse on this island. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. That's what I saw in it, but the 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 maneuver what they gave it a name the Holdo maneuver. maneuver. Yeah, that I was going to say that to me was awesome. Like, yeah, you know why? That was really great. It, I do. I will credit him for the directing on this one because they turned off the sound. Yes, and in a movie where like everything's loud, there's explosions, there's always a soundtrack. You know, you you usually have like this awesome John Williams soundtrack underscoring everything. For a moment, the whole theater was silent. And yeah. all you see on screen is this one flash of light go shoot yes. through the ship. It oh, it was looked great. amazing. Broke canon horribly, but it looked and sounded amazing. Right. No, it was really good. And I thought the, um, let's see, there were a couple moments, but then, you know, the whole thing with Leia, just, man, what the hell? Why is she flying? What is that? And with the same effect that we just saw in Guardians in the Galaxy 2. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I can go on, man. I was just like, man, come on. And then what are we doing? What are we doing? Empire again with the, the AT-AT walkers? I was like, man, what the, I don't care. Tell me it's salt. I don't care what you say. It's snow. It's bleeding snow. Why did they fly? Why did they land so far away when they landed on spaceships? They could have landed right on top of where they were. There's no reason for them to land that far away and take that damn long to get to them. Also, there's no way that Rose takes off after him and ends up ahead of him to be able to cut him off when he was already going full speed. Yeah, no, you're right. And also there was an alien dressed like the Monopoly man. Yep. For no, no reason. I mean, we, yeah. I mean, we could do this all day. I mean, uh, yeah. why? Just, Just like why? Captain America. Segway. Chris Evans. We're back. Hey, now look at that. <laughs> oh, right. We just like just pull up the IMDb page and like, which bridge am I going to take back? How can we take a journey with Don Johnson? No, oh, did you see like, the Watchmen? Just like you've got Anna de Armas in your head all the time, I, I have Chris Evans. He, he rents a space up there. I want to get next to you. I'm sure your wife will love hearing this episode. Oh, she, <laughs> she don't care. She'd be, she'd, she'd be like, yeah, yeah, that girl ain't going to look at you twice. Your weird forehead. Now go make me a chicken pot pie. That's what my wife will say. That is oddly specific. <laughs> It, like she's about to tell you to make you make her one like soon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> could happen. So, um, yeah, with Chris Evans in this movie, he had a great entrance such, though, didn't he? Coming in being an asshole, yeah. Yeah, that was a great entrance. Yeah, um, when he the moment, so I I figured it was him when he comes in, right? Because mm-hmm. again, you know, dogs barking, they don't bark for anybody else, and then. Later on, as soon as she gets the... Um, so they've already given you this whole scenario where you think that he killed himself because she poisoned him, right? 
And I'm already suspicious because I'm like, mm, you would think he'd start to feel effects because they've been talking for a while. And she said within five minutes, you're going to have symptoms. And then within 10, you'll be dead. And it's been a couple minutes. He's felt fine. So I'm like, mm, I'm not thinking she did it. Like, I'm not thinking that he was poisoned because he was kind of chilling. And I kind of thought he maybe he maybe wasn't even dead. You thought he wasn't dead at all? Yeah, like, I kind of thought. Gonna be the mystery? Yeah, or it was going to be like, I killed myself because fuck y'all. <laughs> well, but then he, he didn't have the motive to do that because remember throughout the whole movie, he was cutting everybody off. Right. So. But I thought he, he was going to like give it like you're going to find out like he was giving his money to some crazy thing. He like did. He did. He gave it to her. Right. Right. That he was gave the crazy thing. <laughs> right. But I thought like that was his motivation for just being like, you know what? My family just showed me what they were. You know what? The Church of Scientology is getting every damn dime. Oh, that's oh, goddamn. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's so, what you know. I mean, like that's where I was going with it in my head. I was like, okay, that's probably what he's going to do. So speaking of laugh. foreshadowing, I knew right. that she was going to end up with the house because again, after you see the dogs, once you're in the house, what's the first thing you see? Her with a coffee cup. Well, it's not her. It's the other woman. Oh, but, yeah, with that coffee cup, right. Right, but the other woman, did you ever see the other woman physically holding the coffee cup? No. No, it was on a tray. She was carrying the tray. She was right. carrying the tray to who? To him. Harlan, yeah. Right, but Harlan is up dead. Who's the only other person that was carrying, that was handling that mug? Um, and the mug specifically said, my house, my rules. Marta. Exactly. So you're I'm like, so she's going to end up with the house. <laughs> Jackie, <laughs> so, Jackie, you're so smart. <laughs> you should just walk around with a magnifying glass all day. <laughs> just like, anybody asks you a question, you're like, hmm, let me see. And you just start looking at stuff. <laughs> magnifying glass. Like, who do you think did that? Well, I don't know. Let me take a look. Can I just got your, I'm just going to call you Wikipedia Brown. No, it's your name. No way. <laughs> yep. You're Wikipedia Brown. Every time I talk, you give me a new nickname. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. This By the time I'm done with you, you'll, like, you'll just be like a one-woman gang. <laughs> the funny thing is I'm the one who gives everybody else nicknames, and like you you just keep giving me a nickname every week. Yeah. <laughs> what was the last one I gave you? Uh, Copy-paste. Yeah, see? That's good. It's good. I mean, you know, like, don't, I wouldn't get a tattoo of every nickname I got you because you're just like a full arm of dumb words, but... You know, I mean, if you find one, you I don't want to I don't want to discourage you from doing that. I mean, if you find one that you that you that sticks, maybe. But okay, or if you have like a bunch of stuffed animals, you can give that name to them. I'm just giving you options. I, you know what? They're all suggestions. I'll yes, say that. I won't say I thought good or bad, late, but they're all suggestions. I, if Stanfield <laughs> is, what's that? <laughs> I said uh, I won't say if they're good or bad, but they're all suggestions. Yes, <laughs> they're all they're all great suggestions. But where else where else did I see Lakeith Stanfield in? Lakeith Stanfield, he was in. Um, I called him Lakeith. <laughs> I called him Lakeith. What I call him? What's his name? I think he said Lakeith. It's Lakeith. Oh, it's Lakeith. Okay. Yeah. I uh, never. I what was he in? He was in Sorry to Bother You. Mm, didn't see that. <gasps> You didn't see. I did not. I did <laughs> oh not. my gosh! I no, okay, I, I can't. Oh, you have to see it. You have to see it, and don't watch a trailer for it. Just watch it. Okay, no, I will. I will watch it. And it was funny because I, I would make fun of how you just reacted, but I know there's like 20 movies where I would do the same thing. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> you didn't see that? I'd do the same thing. 
I can't. Okay, you know what? That'll be the movie for next month. You go watch that, and when you come back, you'll understand why I just did all the things I just did. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And the so. episode will start with like previously on Cinematic Adventure. <laughs> Whoa! You didn't see that? Yep. Just yep. Play that'll that be it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's it's something. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me anything about it. I, will I, I won't. I won't. And like I said, don't watch a trailer and don't listen to anybody talk about it. In fact, don't even tell anybody you're going to watch it. Just watch it on your own. And then you can come back to me because I saw one trailer and the trailer was very misleading. And when I saw the movie, I was like, okay, then. And that's, that's where we'll end that discussion. So back okay. to Keith Stanfield being in this movie. He's also in, um, He's in a couple. He's been in a couple movies lately. Um, he was also in the Photograph, which is like a romantic movie with hmm. Issa Um Uh, what else was he in? He's in a lot. He's he's been in quite a few. Like lately, he's like he kind of came on the scene. Like he was put on the map with Sorry to Bother You, and then he just kind of. Okay, well, I thought I really enjoyed him in Knives Out. I thought he was really good. I mean, it's a low key part. Yeah, he played it really well. I thought. Yeah. And we can't, we, I mean, we, now we have to get to like the reason you watched the movie besides that. I watched it. No, I mean the reason why anyone would take the journey of watching knives out and the thing that they will enjoy the most besides Anna de Armas is, uh, is, uh, (laughs) Daniel Craig. Daniel Uh Craig's performance is (laughs) freaking incredible. I... I kind of go with uh, with ransom on that CSI KFC. That was actually like a perfect <laughs> that representation. Was really good, yeah. <laughs> really good line. That was probably the best line in the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was good. I, but it was I really I really enjoyed his performance in it because it was so over the top and ridiculous. It was. It very much was. Yeah. Like I'm looking forward to the sequel just to see that character again. I mean, do we? Does it need a sequel? It does. It needs. It needs to be a franchise. I heard that it's that there's doing a sequel. Yeah. And my immediate response was, why? Because we want to see more adventures with Detective Benoit. Uh, we do. Benoit uh, Blanc. Yeah, we. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, there were, how many other franchise? Like, how many franchises are total crap? Right. Like, I would rather see him do that than another James Bond movie. Even though the next one's going to star him and Anna de Aramis. There you go again. You know what? Every time in post, I'm going to edit in a ding every time you say that. That's not true because that would make editing a total headache. So I'm not going to do it. But I would how say. About, how about this? How about the first time I mentioned your name? Just edit Rose Royce's I want to get next to you underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Production oh, suggestion. Oh, this would be a great time to insert one of the Doug's. <laughs> Taiko Atiti saying something. Oh yeah, the there you go. Yeah, Doug's dead. Doug's dead. <laughs> Poor Doug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I would, I would like to see that. I, I would enjoy it. And that's another thing. Like you know, like the, I don't know, like the. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this episode enjoyed the movie. You know what? Here's the popular th- movie. Here, here's the reason why I didn't enjoy this movie as much as you. Because if this were, like, I I figured it out as you were saying that. If this were something like Fast and the Furious, where you're supposed to turn off your brain and just enjoy it, I probably would have loved it. But Hmm. being a mystery, I keep my brain on. 
and my brain is quite well functioning. And so I immediately figured it out and then immediately confirmed it and then like tried to go along with the misdirects, but they didn't really work. And then in the end, I was just like, yeah, I was, it was, I was still right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you weren't just you would you just get on the bus and have fun with it and be like, oh, it's probably that, but we'll see. No, I didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like if it was like if this was Transformers, I would have been like, that was amazing because you know I turned off my brain and I just enjoyed it. Um, but this is a movie. Oh, you're where, saying like, it had like a bigger pretense than that. Like you're saying, I did, well, because it's a mystery. Right. It's a it, yeah, right. But it is still because you keep three your things, brain on. Yeah, right? they flip their cards two thirds into the movie though. I mean, do they, they make it that far? Like a halfway at far at the farthest. Like right. So I don't know that. Yeah, it's kind of a mystery, but it's more of just like an ensemble romp. See, that's the thing. If it wasn't billed as a mystery, if it was billed as like, "Hey, come check out this ensemble," like, if I feel like even saying "Who Done It" makes me turn my brain on. Just like, "Hey, here's an ensemble cast. Come watch this film." And with like no expectations of it being a whodunit. Well, what's your favorite mystery thing? movie? How about we let's let's put it up against that standard? Oh, I don't know. I I don't know. That's a good question. Like, because I didn't know if you were gonna come back and be like, you know, well, it was no murder on the Orient Express, was it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. No. Um, I you know, I don't know. To me, it felt more like Clue, where it was fun. Mm, see, okay, Clue was funnier to me though. Because I would oh, put that's true, absolutely. Well, it's up to be. against something like Murder by it was Death, absurd. Which Murder by Death was like you can't beat Murder by Death. Probably Murder by Death, okay. honestly, just because it's so funny. Right. It's okay. like so absurd, and it, it's it too is an ensemble cast. You know what? That's what it is. I have like much greater versions of this movie in my head, basically. <laughs> like I've okay. seen like that's the a Murder legitimate by argument. And I the think clues and everything, and to me, this was subpar compared to those. Yeah, I don't know. I just think everyone's performance was so good that it like the the mystery was almost secondary to them. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I could go into it thinking of this film like a Transformers kind of movie, where like just turn off your brain and enjoy it, I would be right there with you because it's not an unwatchable film. That's you know that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I didn't enjoy it as much because to me it was very much season one of Westworld of like don't be the thing because that's too obvious and then it was and then i was like god damn it how about this how about the next time you or if you're gonna watch that last hour yeah. like how about you just focus on the house <laughs> that would take like effort for me because i just i see the things because he like i said johnson is really good at putting things in the scene and I see the things, and I'm like, that's there for a reason, and that's, you know. It's there like, to keep example, Harlan, it's there to keep Harlan present through the whole movie, and he, and I, and you definitely see it, and he's, you know, he's not just a painting of him, but, like, the entire house is him, and true, it's also like, the thing they're all trying to steal or take one way or another, and that's, you know, and whereas she knew, like, the way I look at it is, like, Marta knew why those belongings were placed exactly where they were. She knows their significance. She knows what they mean because she had a genuine friendship with him. Where but to see, the, I think his daughter like, did too. Like, oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. But but even she says, like, like you know, but you had to play by his rules. Like, exactly. she had a relationship with him. They They were very close and they communicated, but it had to be on this other level 
You know what I mean? But then she was the only one I think he respected because she built her business from the ground up. Right. Well, yes, but at the same time, he also, I feel like she had to play by her father's rules because she never had the balls not to, whereas with Ransom, he did. And that's why both Ransom and Anadarmus were the only ones to beat him in that game because they didn't bother to play by his rules. They just did their own thing. Because she even said when, um, when they were showing the, them playing, he was like, how come I can't beat you? And she said, because I don't play by your rules. I'm not playing to win. I'm just playing to make a pretty pattern. And the same thing, like, remember when the two, when Ransom took her oh, out that's and made her eat? And he was like, yeah, grandfather told me that you were the only, he's like, I thought I was the only one who could beat him, but grandfather told me he could never beat you. And, you know, he was kind of bitter about that. And right, right. He was yeah, wondering, like, how is it you could beat him? And that's, and then see that to me, that whole scene, first of all, the fact that he took her when she was like freaking out, when she found out she got the money right. and she was in the car and nobody would let her leave. The fact that he's the one who came to get her, I'm like, oh, he did it. And then, and the scene when he, like right before he revealed, like when he was telling her to eat, like when and he was like, oh, grandfather told me that like, you know, I thought that I was the only one that could beat him, but he told me you beat him. I'm like, oh, he definitely did it. And this is him trying to play because that that game is a game of strategy. This is him, That's trying, him trying to, to play that game. Her. Right? Yeah. No. Exactly. And, and by the way, I just want to point out what what it what you're describing, and I don't want to start a fight. Uh, sounds like you're describing good writing. <laughs> Just, just it sounds just pointing like it out. I'm describing a heavy foreshadowing. <laughs> right. Yeah, or, good, so, or good writing. Depend, you know, tomato. Yeah, tomato. That's how you pronounce that word. It's pronounced tomato. Right. <laughs> right. So, we are destined to, like, agree on nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's okay because it works. No, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> so, are we um, a mystery or are we a romp? You don't know because we don't agree. <laughs> We're like a Ryan Johnson movie, Jack. Oh, no, don't. That hurt in my heart. <laughs> that's just, that's stung. You're that's welcome. Amazing. You're welcome. Oh, why do you do these things to me? Hot cha 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 cha. Oh, that hurts. Yes. Anywho, so yeah, by the time that scene was over, I was 100% convinced that it was him. And yeah. especially since, remember, they, um, Benoit had her go through the motions and he was like, just don't get on, you know, don't touch the carpet. And so she had to show him like the little door. Yes. And, yes. Um, you, by the way, you're describing this movie and the, and every moment since you um, admitted that it was good writing that I, I'm excited to never go happened. back in after this show and, and watch it again. Based on your describing it again, I'm excited to see it again because I forgot all about the strategizing scene. And because, you know, guys, what happens is he's making her eat so she'll, he can use her as a lie detector test because she has that problem where she can't lie without throwing up. Right. So, yeah. And I just seeing that, that dynamic in relation to that game, I, you know what, I forgot all about that because it's been a minute and now I'm excited to see it again. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for making me like the movie again. <laughs> I feel like you just said, thank you for making America great again. Like, that's, that's oh. how I feel right now. Oh. Yeah. That's, oh, lordy, that's that, lordy. That's how that hit. You just reached yeah. under it to hit me in the taint. <laughs> oh, nasty. Like, you weren't even like, I'm going to poke, poke, poke. You were just like, where is it? Pow! 
throw the I mean, maga bomb at me god damn that's, that's how it hit that's how it landed that's how it landed mm-hmm. so yeah um <laughs> anywho that yeah that to me that's why i don't think the writing was that great because i feel like the foreshadowing was like heavy-handed to right the point even though that, she like, described an a great hour scene. before the movie is over i've got it locked up and i'm already a hundred percent certain and then i'm just watching the events unfold and you know what i would like to see i would like to see a mystery done well where it literally tells you at the beginning of the movie that somebody did something and then you're just watching the events unfold. And it's so interesting because it's not actually a mystery of who did it. It's like, no, this person did it. And then you just like watch how the events unfolded. And right. the good part of the movie is the actual, the, the meat of the story, you know? Right. I'd love that. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I can't wait till they make that movie again. Yeah. I'm trying to like think in, in my the, head, like what movie is like that? Cause I'm, there's got to be. A I want to see. I want to see Murder on the Orient Express to some extent. Um, Citizen Kane is kind of like that. Where like Death on the Nile, Death on the Nile, Death other Agatha Christie joint was really good, like that. Yeah. You're like I don't know. Mm. Was there an Ant Man in it? Shut up. You know what? <laughs> I'm just making fun of your fandom. Uh, I watch way I like more than too, just but... Star Wars and Marvel. Okay. Way more. I've seen the Matrix. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, I was going to say, right. Really, was, is it way more, though? Self-bird. Uh, yes, because like I said, like in the 90s. You're like, I also watched Battlestar Galactica. And You know, I haven't actually seen that. I watched Wonder Woman. Awesome. Uh, the 1980s version. Yeah, with Linda Carter. Yeah, um, it, was, it was awesome. I, I have also seen the Gal Gadot one. But anyway, um. No, yeah, so I feel like now everybody thinks of me as like the Marvel Star Wars person, but I used to just be like well, the movie Jackie, girl. you literally did like a thousand episodes on like Marvel films. Four. Like four. Four thousand episodes. Four. <laughs> just one, two, three, four. Like not even a four. You only did four, really? Why is it four? I, no, I actually I'm I'm serious, like why did I why am I remembering it being being more than it is? That's because weird. it's Probably because like it comes up a lot, but I've only yeah. actually done like four episodes on. I knew I've the done, answer. I'm pretty sure I've done like three on the DCEU and four on Marvel, and I've done like four or five on Star Wars, and then everything else is about a different is about something else. But you didn't I, do like all nine Star Wars things and all the peripheral movies. You didn't do that yet. Uh, I didn't do the peripheral movies. Um, I have done. I didn't, so instead of doing like one through nine, I did it where um, when we originally covered it, when it was me and Daniel, he watched trilogy by trilogy. Oh, okay. So he watched. That's fun. That's um, a fun way to do it. Yeah. I made him watch the original first because he was like, oh, I'll watch one through nine. I was like, the fuck you will. You're going to watch it in the original order and you're going to love it and then hate it like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great plan. That's exactly what happened. Oh, man, you should listen to the episode when we did the prequels. He lost his shit. He was like, why do you want me to hate Star Wars? Yeah. No, no. Speaking of, segue. uh, Back to Ryan Johnson. I honestly think that the best Star Wars would be a movie written by Lawrence Kasdan or any, like, good Hollywood writer, Mm. right? Yeah. Um, Story by George Lucas directed by ryan johnson oh that's wow the everybody hit their yeah. 
let let George Lucas come up with the story because he is excellent at the actual story, at the overarching right. narrative, which is exactly what the sequels didn't have. They let Lawrence Kasdan. Oh no, his son wrote Solo, right? Um, yeah, I think that was his son. Um, right, and he did he write? What did he? What did Lawrence Kasdan write? But so he wrote the uh, he wrote Force Empire. Awakens, right? But he also wrote Force Awakens, and they don't tell you they don't ever mention this because Empire is the you know the crowning jewel. He also wrote he also wrote Jedi, didn't he? He also wrote Return of the Jedi. No, I think that was Lucas. I think it was, was it? to Lucas. Yeah, I thought Kasdan also wrote that. I have to look it up, but I'm almost positive that it was um, that Lucas. I feel came like back I saw the documentary, and I might be paraphrasing. But I feel like I saw a documentary where Kazan's like, are you really doing another fucking Death Star? What is wrong with you? But like in not so many <laughs> words. Really with the little fucking teddy bears? That's stupid. All right. I'll get not Chewbacca, not the slave planet that you want to go with the first time. But we're going to make him little so he'll stand out. That's fucking stupid. I feel like that's, that happened in the documentary. But maybe like without the curse. The okay. Um, yeah. He has written, he wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. He, oh, you're right. He did work on Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's awesome. Um, he worked Look on Empire me. Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and The Force Awakens. And he has a credit on Solo, A Star Wars Story. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, I liked Force Awakens, it, but it was just like him going like, wait, I just, I just got to write Star Wars again, right? That's all. Yeah. So it's not like it's not a big leap forward. Whereas like Empire, like you had to take all. Wait, that's a whole other episode. But like, oh man, I guess we could both gush about that film till like tears come out of our eyes. Yeah. Okay. So he wrote Return of the Jedi, but the way Lucas wanted it. Right. Because I'm reading it. I'm I'm reading it now, and he was like you said, like he did. Basically, Lucas told him the story, and he just wrote that as opposed to him writing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So in other words, like story by George Lucas, written by George by Lawrence Kasdan. Mm. Yeah, like you said to, to like, put on paper by Lawrence Kasdan, right? Right, as opposed to like he wrote this. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Um, so yeah, if you could do that, if you could have George Lucas, yeah, I like it. with the idea with because he's excellent at world building and crafting a narrative. He is shit at the actual dialogue. And not great at doing. Oh, is that your perfect? Movie. Is that your perfect Star Wars movie? Because I, yes. I would like to. I would like to have a go at this too. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Okay. So yeah, so for me, you, you it would be keep he, going. You keep going. I'm gonna take mine. The, okay, so um, Lucas comes up with the the story, the overarching story, and he gives all the details, and then Lawrence Kasdan or someone like that, you know, some a professional writer actually writes the dialogue, so that we don't get. You know, I hate sand. It's coarse, and um, and then oh. you have uh, what's his ass, um, Brian Johnson, as the actual visual director, and that's to me that'll be a good Star Wars film. Okay, I got you. Ready? Yes. Okay, so okay, I'll, I'll agree. I'll go with story by George Lucas mm-hmm. with with creative license taken by any of the writers who wrote uh, Infinity War. Oh, that was the direct. Oh no, sorry, that was um, Marcus and McFeely. They're the okay. same guys who wrote. They wrote like half the MC, well, like a third of it. Anything that Captain America is in, they wrote it, or they. Uh, Not a bad batting average. Wrote it or co-wrote yeah. it. Okay, I'll go yeah. with that because they could put that. They could transcribe that on the screen because otherwise I would just go with like a comic writer, like Brian Michael Bendis or something. But like I'll go with, 
I'll go with that because that's a proven formula, right? Yeah. So, so those those guys wrote uh, they wrote all the Captain America movies, including Civil War and right. Infinity War and uh, Endgame. So those are chances, right? They took some chances. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. Okay. So all right, I'll go with them. Story by Lucas, directed by Denny Villeneuve, cinematography Roger Deakins. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's all I go with. He's doing Dune now, I think, right? Denny Villeneuve. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So now we need a third movie. Then. So we've got because it's a trilogy. Are we making a trilogy? Okay. We're making a trilogy. So Lucas is our overall story person. Right. But he, he crafted the story for the trilogy. We've right. got a different writer for each episode. We need a different director for each episode. So so far, episode one was written by Lawrence Kasdan and directed by Ryan Johnson. Episode two was written by Marcus and McFeely and directed by, which I think is interesting that you went with Dennis Villeneuve instead of um, the Russo brothers because they're like a hive mind, the four of them. Right, but Denny Villeneuve is a better director. Denny Villeneuve is an incredible, like he's just a better all-around director. Okay. So we can go with the Russo brothers in the third one because that's got to be where all the, that's got to be the resolve of the trilogy, right? That's where you're going to have the big ultimate battle. Yeah, so yeah. I would go Russo Brothers on that. So are we keeping Marcus and McFeely as the writers? Uh yeah, let's do that. We could but then it's a Marvel movie. Um no, I don't think so. They wouldn't take the same aesthetic. No. No. Or well, because oh here's the thing. Okay, so we we brought up like you were talking about yeah, they did the MCU, but they're the ones who did the first film that didn't feel like an MCU film. Because they're the ones who wrote Captain America Winter Soldier, which felt like a spy movie. Yeah, it felt like so, a yeah, 70s they can, movie. Yeah, they can definitely do different genres. Because again, they right. wrote they wrote all of the Captain America films, which do not feel like that that doesn't feel homogenous to me at all. Right. Okay. Well, I okay, I was gonna say, I was gonna leave room for Taika. But yeah, all right, Taika could do the next trilogy. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Did you you watch The Mandalorian, right? I did, and I can't wait till season two comes. And yeah, I'm not okay. going to listen to any news. I just want to watch it on its own. Right. Okay, we better wrap this up. We've been doing this for a while. We got to go back to Knives oh, yeah. Out Street. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't you, didn't you get a production note from your friend? I did. <laughs> right. Yeah, somebody was like, hey, keep it to an hour. Nobody wants to listen that long. Uh, right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Good luck editing this. Final thoughts on Knives Out. I don't know. I thought it was a really good time. I thought it had some very clever writing. And as we learned on this episode, so did Jackie. I mean, did she though? She did. did she, she very clearly did. I think I made my I think the I let the audience decide, but I think, you okay. know, I framed because. it. I just framed what you were doing all on your own. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's all about framing. You framed it as if I said that it was good, but that's not at all what I was saying. I was actually making the opposite case. So we'll see how everyone else picked it up. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> when you hear this back, you're going to be like, oh, wait, I was really, really bragging about that scene. I really was enjoying that. Uh-huh. Will I? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you? Doug is seen on TV. Um. Oh, at the end is nice show. We could on which is on all. I guess all anywhere you get podcasts from, right? So like Spotify, Podbean, Apple, um, Stitcher, all any one of those. Wherever you get your pods at, you'll just be like type in the end is nice show, and there we are. There you are. Uh, you'll know it's them because they're the ones with the purple horse head. Yes, indeed. That's we. That's famine. 
we call him fam. Yeah. He's actually, if you are looking at the website for this podcast, if you see the very first um, creature on our banner, that represents Doug. That's, that's supposed to be me. That's family. That represents me. That's my the avatar. Indeed. Right. <laughs> Yay. All right. Thank you for being back, Doug. We'll see you next month. And we are talking about, oh, there's so many things I could say right now, but I'm not going to because I'm not going to give you any spoilers. We're going to talk about Sergeant Oh, yeah. I'm very, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm very excited to see it. Yes. I'm and I'm excited to, to come back. You, I'm excited to hear your reaction to seeing it because that's going to be something. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for having me. I love being on. Thank you for coming. All right. See you guys next week. If you like this episode, do us a favor. If you're listening through Apple, give us a five-star rating or any other app. Drop us a like. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can hear new episodes when they come out. Thanks. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah.